The writer of that song tried to capture the plea for rescue that was rising out of Israel when they were in bondage. It was also written to capture the plea from a world that was sitting in darkness. One of the metaphors that the Bible uses to describe God is light. This entire service is set around the question of, will I walk in the light? Every element in lyric is to impact that message to our heart because it is such an essential question. I love light. Light is powerful. Light is amazing. Matter of fact, when you see certain lights, there's always certain feelings that come with it. How many of you just love Christmas lights? Do you just love this time of year? I love the lights. Uh, there are other lights that just create certain feelings. And so let me show you one. As the house light comes down, uh, here is one. And when you see this, what comes to my mind is like grand opening, a uh, big event. Your attention is attracted to that location so that you can come and experience what event is unfolding so that you can experience the announcement that the light is making. The wise men saw this star. The shepherds saw angels breaking across the sky and there was the influence of light that was part of the announcement of Jesus being born. I love light. There's all kind of light. How many of you like candlelight? I love candlelight. There are different kinds of lights. As a matter of fact, here is a light. Now, this creates maybe a different emotion. Uh, you tell me. Watch this. <laughs> How many of you have seen that in your rearview mirror in the last three weeks? Raise your hand. Last three weeks, raise your hand. Lights come up real quick. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Light. Teenagers, get them down before your, before your parents. Man, we need to have a testimony service right here. Yeah. I need to confess, they've been in my rearview mirror in the last three weeks. My wife didn't know that until right, just right then. But it is true. And I got pulled over on the church parking lot. <laughs> Honest to God. And when the officer came up and said, do you know you were speeding? I said, yes, but I'm so into light, and I'm doing this sermon on light, and I just wanted to see those lights, and then that way I could be like so many of the other fast drivers in my church, because we're going somewhere. Okay, let's do another light. Hey, check this out on the screen. I love this light. If you've never been to Krispy Kreme, it's a phenomenon. There is a light. It's called the hot light. And when that hot light is on, it means that the donuts are hot. And there are few things better than a hot... There's few things better than a donut. But a hot donut? <laughs> Duck Dynasty did a whole show on hot donuts. <laughs> and I love hot donuts. I'm thinking they'll be in heaven with no calories, no cholesterol. you just be able to eat as many as you want. All kind of light. Light is powerful. Light is amazing. How many of you like lamp light? You see, it is true that the Bible uses the metaphor of light to describe God. God wanted us to understand something through this power. 
And so in 1 John chapter 5, I want to show you a verse on the screen. It says, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. When you try to figure out what God is like and who God is, he he uses this very power to describe himself. He must be because he's going to take this power and he's going to use it to invade a world that is sitting in darkness. Isaiah was a prophet and he was prophesying about the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. And here are the words that he used. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah doesn't break down in detail what that would mean to each person, but he is showing that this light would shine to a people sitting in darkness and they they would not be able to miss it. And the darkness of the world could not extinguish it. So when we come to Christmas truth, we come to understanding what this this season and this message is all about, which is an everyday message. It is simple yet powerful. It is the light of God invading a dark world. And if that light has invaded the dark world of your own soul, why don't you give him praise for it right now? Amen. The power on that song and the way it's presented just gives illustration again to the invading influence of that light. John is one of the writers of the New Testament, and he was an eyewitness to all that we talk about in the Christmas story. He left us a manuscript, and it's detailed, and it's helpful. He starts his whole book talking about light. He mentions it over and over again. He talks about Jesus being the life, and that his life was the light of men, and that that light shines in the darkness, and that the darkness could not put it out, could not extinguish that light. Then Jesus describes himself, John is the one who wrote it, it's in the 8th chapter, and I want you to see this verse, it's John 8 verse 12, and here's what Jesus said, I am the light of the world, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. So see, the the power of this light gives an option to no longer walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The gospel wrapped up in this verse, in Jesus' own words, describes what we are communicating today. That this light invades the darkness. The reason I say it invades is because the world was sitting in darkness and in John 8 there was a person who was in deep darkness and Jesus made this statement right after his encounter of changing a person's life. And that person is known through scripture as the woman caught in the act of adultery. She was caught by these Pharisees, these Religious leaders, and they knowing the religious law, they brought her to Jesus and said, here's what she has done, and you know the law. She must be stoned, and they're all prepared to stone her. Jesus says to those religious leaders that the one who is without sin can go first and start the process of literally killing this lady. That gripped the Pharisees' hearts. They dropped their stones. They walked away. 
And Jesus ministers grace to this very sin-filled lady who had a life of darkness. After his encounter with her and telling her that she's forgiven now to change, it's there that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Darkness invaded that lady's heart. If you've experienced salvation and you're in a relationship with Jesus, you know the context where light, where Jesus made his way to you, found you, invaded that thought process, that circumstance to make himself real to you and to offer you a new life. This light is so powerful that it invaded the darkness of the lady in John 8. The darkness of her sin that led to brokenness, that led to horrible choices, that led to guilt. The light we talk about, the power of Jesus, it can confront and forgive sin. It can heal brokenness. It can remove the guilt. We're talking about this incredible power. It not only invades the darkness, but it pushes back the darkness. The second part says, you won't have to walk in darkness. Jesus making that statement after ministering to this lady is letting all of us know your life can change. You don't have to be the way you are. Your future doesn't have to be your past. There is power in God to be changed and to have a whole new way of living. It's incredible. Paul was sent to people who were in darkness. And he was given a message. We are taught that message in Acts 26. I'm going to pick it up at verse 18. Look at these words. He was sent to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. Paul is communicating to people. And he he too uses the metaphors of darkness and light. He is saying to them, there is such power to change you. To describe it, he says, it's like going from dark to light. To further teach, he says, from the power of Satan to the power of God. There's forgiveness. There's this change. There's not only this this light that can invade, but there's a light that can push back the darkness. Let's reduce all of the light in this room. Every light. And as we reduce the light, and we come down to this lamp light, even this small light pushes back darkness. It can't be complete darkness because we have at least one light. And even one light begins to invade and push back. Now, slowly bring the house light up. And notice the power of light as it just pushes back, dispels. Here's the lesson. Jesus Christ comes into your life. He invades the darkness with forgiveness. It's called grace. He then pushes back the darkness. It's called a new life. You walk in the light. You were walking in darkness, meaning horrible choices because of sin. But now you're forgiven. You're in relationship with Jesus. 
And because you are a follower, you won't walk in darkness anymore. You walk in light. Go back to our theme verse. Look at the last part of this verse. The reason the darkness is pushed back because you will have the light that leads to life. We know that without the S-U-N, there is no physical life. You have to have the sun's light in order for there to be life. It is the same spiritually. Without the S-O-N, there is no life. This light, this power of Jesus, this metaphor of light that helps us to understand the coming of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, is that we might have life. It's very possible to be existing and yet not have life. The lady in John 8 had an existence, but it was cruel. It was messed up. It was broken. But when she met Jesus and the light of Jesus invaded her darkness, pushed back the darkness, that light, meaning Jesus, gave her life. She was no longer existing. She was finally living. Let me give you other words from John. It's in 1 John. If you'll go to that verse. Whoever has the Son has... Say that word with me. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. It's that simple. If you open your heart to the power of Jesus, you have life. John writing of that life says it's abundant. It's, he was looking for a word to speak of overwhelming uh, abundance. One version says, life to the full. If you're not living life to the full in that kind of of vitality, then today you need his light to invade, push back, and give you life. And it can do that. Let me tell you a story. I was in my early 20s and I went on a hunting trip and I was planning to be finished around dark go back to my vehicle, and go home. And as the lights come down in this house, I want you to try to get get a taste of the experience. I got lost. I I looked and looked for any sign of, to give me direction back to my vehicle so I could go home. There was none. And I have two distinct memories of that experience. And one was how cold it was. It started raining and it turned to freezing rain and then I remember how dark it was it was a thick darkness I sat down under the thickest tree I could find to try to get some relief because not expecting to get lost I had no provision no light nothing and I thought I'll stay here because it looks like that I will be here for the night I remember also distinctly when I saw a shaft of light piercing that darkness in the distance. I was lost, and someone had been sent to find me. And the first experience I had being lost at that moment was the emotion of, I'm going to be rescued. I am being found. And the more the light invaded that darkness, the more it began to push the darkness back. 
And not only did the light invade the darkness and push that darkness back, that one who came to rescue, the one who found me, then led me. The one who had the light was also, in the context of what I'm teaching, the light because he led me to safety. He led me home. He took me from where I was to where I so wanted to be, but I couldn't get there myself. In all of my effort to try and break out of that lostness, I realized I was just going in circles. Jesus, at Christmas, invaded the darkness. He pushed it back. And that light then gives us life. And I want you to experience this power of Christmas through the story of Kristen, a young lady who's part of this church. I think it really started when I was a kid. You know, my parents got divorced, and that just kind of made this dark circle for our family, and it affected me. It it definitely affected my other siblings in their own ways, and it was just, it was hard. I got into college, and that's really when I started drinking a lot. That would fuel my depression. It was like putting, you know, fuel on a fire, and I would break down. I couldn't control myself. I couldn't control my emotions. I couldn't control the pain. I couldn't control how I felt. And in the darkest moments of my life, that's when I would really start cutting myself. One night we went out drinking, came home. I walked into the bathroom and I knew at that point that that was it, I was done. And that's when I slipped my wrist and drank the vodka and swallowed the pills and I remember writing in my journal that, like, apologizing to God. Like, I know you tried to help me, but I really don't want your help anymore. It was a miracle that I survived that night. I still look back on it and think, God, I don't, I don't know why you saved me, but you did, and I'm supposed to do something with that. Not long after that, I found out I was pregnant. That just spiraled. My neediness more than anything. I needed someone to be there for me. Unfortunately, that desire to have someone tangible in my life was the downfall of that marriage. I found myself at 23, a single mother, living with the guilt that I broke that marriage for selfish reasons. I found myself in a relationship that was not healthy at all. Hate and resentment and pain just swirled within our relationship and it it eventually grew physical. It got pretty ugly sometimes and eventually ended up with me in the hospital. I quickly made the decision to get out of that house and moved back in with my mom. And I remember sitting on the couch and my mom walked over and stood in front of me and she just looked at me and said, you know, it's going to be okay. You guys are going to be okay. And I just, I, I, 
I cried a little bit and I looked up at her and I said, you know what, it is gonna be okay. It was one of the first times in my life that I really felt that ray of light, that spark of hope, like everything was gonna be okay. My mom for me was one person in my life that knew everything about me and loved me no matter what. I remember when she was diagnosed with cancer. She started talking incoherently on the phone and that's kind of when it all went downhill and she died five days later. You know, until you lose someone, you never really know what part they played in your life. And for the year after that, it was like a part of me died with her. And I didn't know how to survive without that part. Everything just seemed to kind of stand still in a sense. I stopped being a wife and I stopped being a mother. I just, I would wake up in the morning and try and get through the day. And my marriage began to fall apart. We finally got to a point where I still remember my husband saying, I, I can't carry you anymore. And I felt so betrayed and so lost. Like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I remember driving down the street and was just pulled to drive in to the assembly parking lot. I stopped, I turned, and I sat in the parking lot. It was like this light just came over me. And I just felt overwhelmed with the concept of this is where I need to be. We went to service on Sunday and I cried. I just, I sat there and cried. And my husband just sat there and, and held me while I cried because he knew, he knew that I felt that message and it rejuvenated me. It gave me this breath of life again. And my life has just changed dramatically. My marriage is better. We're happy together. I feel better about me about God, about my relationship with God, it's changed me as a person. That day, God's light invaded my darkness, and He became my personal Savior. And my life has never been the same. As you watch that story, you see a young lady that you know has gifts and talents and you see the darkness trying to make a play for her life. And just driving down the road, compelled to come on the parking lot and even coming on the parking lot without understanding all that was happening, there was this attraction, this draw, this, it was light invading the darkness. Kelly and I first met Kristen months ago and she began to tell us her story and we watched for 
well over a year since that Sunday, her life just be changed. And it has made so real to me what Jesus meant when he says, I am the light of the world and I invade the darkness. And I push it back so that those who are in it don't have to walk in it anymore. Because this light gives life. I have watched that process in Kristen. I want you to meet her and her husband. I want to ask Kristen and her husband, Adam, to come to the platform today. Why don't you welcome them as they come? I want you to put up Acts 26. I want to go back to that verse. As I was watching your story, I saw it at the first service, I saw it again now. And darkness to light, that's what's happened. Power of Satan that had this young lady so hopeless that she wanted to end her life. She was hurting herself. She was trying to end it all. That's the power of Satan. Notice the transition is from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Light invaded that darkness, pushed it back, and is revolutionizing her life, her marriage, her kids. And we've shared her story today because maybe you're in a similar situation. The darkness could be growing you may be deep in that darkness. There may be patterns in your life that are, that are destroying you. Maybe the darkness has become so thick and suffocating that you feel totally hopeless. You're here today and you don't even understand all the details of why other than there's just been this, this attraction. It's, it's like a shaft of light. As dark as it is, there's a shaft of light that's coming through. When you read or hear the stories of a coal miner that's trapped in a mine and their light is out and their resources are gone, everything about that situation says you will die here. This is it. This is where it all ends. And they speak of what it's like, the emotion that overwhelms them when they see the first shaft of light coming through the crevices of one who's going to rescue and how that light invades that darkness and pushes it back and leads them to life. That's what Jesus has done for Kristen and Adam and that's what Jesus can do for you.